Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast 1074B. So we've been doing it more than 20 years, and our guest today is a sensational person because of what he's meant to American food. David Page changed the world of food television by creating, developing, and being the executive producer of the groundbreaking show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Before that, as a network news producer, he was based in London, Frankfurt, and Budapest, and traveled Europe. But this book is called Food Americana, The Remarkable People and incredible stories behind America's favorite dishes. And as you know, we are sponsored by Life's First Naturals, the maker of Truebiotics and of bovine colostrum. Truebiotics, it has the two bacteria species, and in a way that you'll get them absorbed, meaning they won't get killed by your stomach acid, to help you get the right probiotic mixture that at least has been shown in repeat studies to be the one that can help gut health and your body in in a number of ways uh, better than just about any other bacterial species. And obviously food changes that. So let's go right to David Page. David, uh, if I may, how did you get involved in food in the first place? You weren't a a food expert when you went to Europe on your um, news producer based in uh, the foreign countries. You you weren't there as a food producer, were you? No, I wasn't. And by the way, thank you very much for having me, uh, especially since the Cleveland Clinic uh, saved my father's life. Oh, well, isn't that nice? They... The clinic is remarkable. So the great news about the clinic is I have virtually no hesitancy about telling everybody that it's a great place to receive care if you need care. Hopefully our program, the A, um, is always the medical news of the week and what it means to you. Um, and by the way, the people will want to listen for last week's A segment because we talk about the breakthrough in skin aging, which has a side benefit of helping uh, stop or reverse brain aging as well. So we'll talk, we talked about that in 1073A. This is 1074B. So last week's A segment is sensational for that standpoint. But David, let's go back to food Americana. How did you get involved in food? I was sent to Europe and it had never occurred to me that I would be living elsewhere. I knew nothing about Europe like the or Africa or the Middle East, where I also ended up working. And I quickly found myself trying to figure out um, all of these different countries I was going to. And I realized pretty quickly that food was the gateway to a culture that you could tell so much from the food of a place regarding its history, its economics, even its politics, and certainly uh, its people. 
and uh, especially sitting and eating with people of a different country or culture, uh, talking with them about their food and so much more, that really became very important to me. And I've always liked to eat. Now I have the opportunity to try all different kinds of cuisines on multiple continents. And um, more and more, it it became a, a fascination of mine, both on the enjoyment level and on the intellectual level. Um, you know, you, you go to a place like like Strasbourg, which is which is in France, but the main uh, the, the signature dish there is chucrute, which is a very Germanic plate of sauerkraut topped with hunks of pork or pork sausage. And that reflects the history of that region, which has bounced back and forth between French and German control uh, for for decades and centuries. Uh, I just realized that this stuff's fascinating, and and it started there and continued when I came back to the states. Now let me ask. Let me flip a little bit on that, since that's such an interesting answer. We have uh, in Europe, um, many of the countries around the world now are undergoing the, the, the cultures on two sides, meaning a right and a left. Whether you look at Chile's recent elections or whether you look at the United States and a left and a right, do the food choices of the left and the right differ? Or is food a way, as Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill did, was food a way for people to get together, food and, and beverage, I guess? Well, for the most part, food is a way to get together, although there is a dividing line which often is reflective of political views, and that is who has money and who doesn't. Um, and the diets of various regions um, are, are often tied to you know, you can eat what you can afford. For example, in the United States, one of the causes, and I'm speaking to a doctor, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but everything I've read, one of the causes of um, significant health problems among minority communities is that statistically, these are communities of lesser income and often the dollar meal at McDonald's is the most efficient way to eat. Um, among communities that certainly cannot exp uh, afford to go to Whole Foods and buy something organic and natural. I, I, I assume you agree with that. Um, I do. Now, so will we, are we going to get, can we use or do uh, the current left and right use food as a way to get together? In other words, are the foods of the senators, if you will, in general or the representatives in general who are on the right side of the aisle, the same as the foods of those on the left side of the aisle? Oh, by the time you get to Washington, you're all eating at the Capitol Grill. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, frankly, the we've become in many respects... And the food choices are the same at the Capitol? The Capitol Grill in Washington. Very and the food choices are the same yeah. at the Capitol Grill? Yeah. No, 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 I understand because they've got branches all over, including here in Cleveland. But I'm saying, is the Capitol Grill food choices the same that the right and the left choose, or is yeah, there the a difference? Part. For the uh, most part. So let's, I mean, let's go into 
Americana, and you go through a series such as uh, Mexican Food in America, the Fried Chicken Renaissance, um, the, uh, if you will, Made in America, our love affair with Chinese food, ice cream, etc. So you go through these, um, and you tell the history of how they really became both popular um, and prevalent, if you will. So one of them I let's go through is the the uh, fried chicken renaissance, since that was such an interesting one when I read it. What do you mean by the renaissance of fried chicken? And uh, I would I I always assumed it was always popular. Well. It's always been popular to some extent, although it didn't really become nationally popular outside of the South until Colonel, uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders uh, began franchising Kentucky Fried Chicken. The, the real renaissance of late is not in a whole chicken. It's in things being done with pieces of chicken, a la fingers, nuggets, and especially the fried chicken breast sandwich, which resulted in a fast food war back in 2019, uh, when Popeye's took... That's almost still going on, isn't it? Yeah, it is still going on. It it hasn't gone away. And uh, David Portolatin, one one of the country's leading uh, analysts of the food business, told me, you know, uh, chicken eclipsed beef as the most popular form of animal protein in the U.S. some years back. And many people will probably tell you they've made that choice for health reasons, but they're deluding themselves because almost all of the chicken people are buying at restaurants is is deep fried. So, (laughs) you know, that's a perfect example of how... American food can be less than your most healthful choice. But by the same token, sushi, in my view, is now an American food. And eaten uh, carefully, it can be tremendously healthful. Now, what we've done to it as a country, making these huge rolls and deep frying them, and deep frying pieces that go into them, that's not necessarily a healthful choice. Um, Chicken, chicken's funny. Fried chicken is funny because it really is an entire category that it, doctors would tell you not to have a lot of. Most of the other categories can be eaten in ways that are healthy for you. Um, the basic hamburger uh, made for you at one of those better burger joints where they're not over salting, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and if you don't get a triple decker, and if you moderate the red meat in your diet, uh, a, a good hamburger is a perfectly reasonable choice. In in the world of Mexican food, you can have a Tex-Mex plate of 4 billion heart-stopping calories, or you could have a, a small Mexican-style taco with a small amount of protein in it, and that's a perfectly reasonable meal. It all depends on what you pick from what's available. Yes, so I I do like the Mexican choices, but let's go back. Now, um, Chick-fil-A has non-fried chicken. It has roasted chicken as well. 
Um, and, mm-hmm. and um, although they they also obviously are in the fried chicken battle, I assume, I think. Um, Chick-fil-A owns the fried chicken sandwich world. And does it own the roasted? It does it own the roasted chicken sandwich world as well? To the best of my knowledge, no. But I can't be sure of that. All I can tell you is their business is predicated on fried chicken sandwiches, just as McDonald's is not predicated on serving salads. Uh, but um, they, they now offer them so that people can. Uh, delude themselves that the high-calorie dressing they're putting on those salads is good for them. And um, the <laughs> the uh, the stories in here on uh, food in Americana, and I guess one of the questions I have is, how much of this do you think relates to our inborn tastes? And how much um, relates to acquired taste? And let me give you the the example. Which um, so if you ha- if I grew up with whole milk, when I went off of whole milk to skim milk, and then went back to whole milk, I didn't like it. Um, and I uh, and that's true of uh, diet Dr Pepper's I've had, etc. Um, so I assume that you can shape your taste and the question is can um is it advertising or social media what got popeyes to get such a popular fried chicken sandwich how much of it was the social media and advertising around it versus how much of it was the native taste and can we change that into a healthier for example a a mexican food taste well, um, social media uh, was completely responsible for Popeye's grabbing um, lightning in a bottle uh, when they did. It was a unique set of circumstances in which they went on social media, and for some reason, uh, they kind of rattled uh, Chick-fil-A, which answered their tweet, which led Popeye's to tweet uh, something snarky to them and, uh, it was off to the races, uh, as to what tastes we respond to. Well, many scientists will tell you that we have been acculturated to, well, either acculturated or have some innate, um, (laughs) chromosomal fondness for salt, fat, and sugar. So, so much of the taste profiles that we tend to go after fit in that rubric. Nonetheless, um, yeah, you can, you can shape tastes, but I would argue it has to happen at a young age. I mean, I like the taste of chopped liver because I'm a New York Jew. I, I, don't, I don't expect that the average Utah resident is going to share my fondness for either that taste or that texture. So much of it is what's imprinted on you as part of a broader social experience. And from you, what do you expect to be the next um, big Americana food? 
Um, you end the book, I, I was surprised you ended with ice cream, which seems to me it must have been one of the original Americana foods, treats. Um, and Well, I, ice cream goes back to the colonial era, right. and it was brought to these shores from Europe, where ice cream as we know it was first developed in, uh, in Italy, though some form of frozen dessert has been around for arguably millennia. Uh, but, but ice cream is a perfect example of what's happening to America's staple foods in that, especially as it faces competition from an increasing array of marketed desserts, including frozen desserts, to keep its audience, if you will, ice cream has to keep reinventing or allegedly reinventing itself in the world of marketing. Uh, the latest thing, as I, as I mentioned in the book, is ice cream with alleged benefits, like ice cream that supposedly contains probiotics, ice cream that contains, they say, vegetables hidden in, in the base so that your kids are getting uh, the nutrition of vegetables. Even one company, Nightshade, that markets its ice cream as you can eat it before bed and it won't keep you up. I personally have eaten all ton of ice cream before bed in my life and it's never kept me up. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, to try to, to pick um, an ethnicity of foods that is about to take the U.S. by storm, that's a, that's a fool's errand. I can't do that. I can tell you about foods from other countries that haven't quite crossed over while they have substantial popularity in various places. I don't think Thai food is part of uh, American cuisine, even though it's quite popular in many places, because it's not available everywhere, and it doesn't pop into your mind when you say, let's go out and grab one of my favorites. Vietnamese food, the same way. There, there is a cuisine from South America, um, Peruvian food, that has been um, pushed by chefs and writers trying to get Americans to embrace it for a number of years now, and, and it hasn't made it. On the other hand, I, I think the country is broadening its willingness to try stuff, which is why you're seeing, for example, in the world of Mexican food, birria de res, which is basically a spicy beef stew, has now become remarkably popular all across the country even though it's not part of the uh, traditional Mexican-American menu. It is a regional Mexican item that was not part of the original Mexican-American dishes that, that we all came to, to know. Uh, but it, it, it is, um, it's achieving widespread popularity. Now, will it hang on? Will it become a must-have at the average Mexican-American restaurant? Uh, too early to tell. We've been talking with David Page. Thank you, David, for such great insights. He's the author of the book Food Americana. You can get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or many independent stores. But it's a wonderful um, kind of a history of the way these foods have taken America. 
um, Food Americana, the remarkable people and incredible stories behind America's favorite dishes from David Page, um, who is the creator of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives and hands-on produced its first 11 seasons. He's obviously well-versed in this area. And of course, you, the Owner's Manual podcast, this is 1074B, the B always guest segments, is brought to you. We are every week brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of True Biotics, not in ice cream, but available in uh, pill form, as well as uh, bovine colostrum, a pill form of colostrum that has been shown in randomized controlled trials um, to decrease the adverse effects of uh, extreme exercise or exhausting exercise and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Advil or ibuprofen on gut health, as well as uh, to decrease the side effects of aspirin, another non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug on gut health. That is lifefirstnaturals.com. And I want to thank Caitlin for great engineering, David Page and Food Americana for their great insights, and of course you, our listeners, because you're what motivates us to do this. Remember, make sure you get to 1073A, because it's all about the reversal of skin aging with a side benefit of of reversing cognitive dysfunction that's been shown in this incredible set of studies. We'll be back next week.